what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. Do you ever have a need to use a computer platform other than the one you have? Maybe you have a PC but would like to occasionally dabble in Linux. Or maybe you own a Mac but have a need to run a Windows-only program. In this episode of Brothers in Tech, I review for you the pros and cons of using a Windows emulator on a Mac. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson. Over to my right is Brian Jackson, the brother in the title Brothers in Tech. When we say brothers, plural, we are talking about the two of us. But we're talking about brothers in a broader sense, too. Like all of you. We are. It's the brotherhood. Yes. uh, Everybody watching and listening are the brother or sisterhood. It just so happens for this particular recording, we are brothers. Yeah. Talking about technology. and probably for every recording we have, we are brothers, but um, but specifically oh, yeah. with this one, we're the only good ones here. Yeah, yeah. So we talk technology, we talk home, yeah. family, personal technology. Every time we get together, we cover a different subject matter. Just trying to be a good resource out there, and, and we love talking technology. We hope you like listening and talk about technology, and we hope we're a good resource for ideas, maybe some things that can help improve your computing life in your home or family situation. Again, we're not going to get into a lot of any high-end business uh, or high-end technology work. This is really day-to-day what we as individuals use and enjoy using uh, in our daily lives. Now, Brian, uh, today's topic, I'll admit, I'm, I'm going to kind of just run with this a little bit. And I know you're still feeling a little under the weather, so I'm trying to be sensitive to your voice and all that. So it's okay if you just look lovingly at me, just nodding your head. That's perfectly fine. I think we're going to be good on that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the idea of virtualization. Now, right away, people's eyes may be glazing over because that's a kind of a, a, a crazy word to use. But virtualization is the idea of being able to use your computer to run a different type of computer at the same time. Okay. So let's give some examples, Brian. Um, We are Mac guys. We love our Macs. We use Macs. We're, we use windows. We have both used windows computers. We probably have access to windows computers now still too, that we have to use from time to time. Yep. But the Mac is one type of operating system, one kind of computer. Windows is a different in general. If you want to have a Mac and a windows computer available to you, you may have to have two different computers. Well, virtualization tries to eliminate that. Virtualization means I'm on a Mac, but I want to run in on my Mac a Windows, like a Windows operating system. And it allows you to do that. Virtualization does that. It's called this idea of a virtual engine. It creates its own operating system within your current computer system um, that can kind of act independently, but also could interact with your Mac as well. And I'll explain all this a little bit more in detail. The main reason why would you want virtualization um, is typically uh, there's a lot of high-end reasons to need virtualization. Sometimes, you know, a lot of people running web servers or other uh, virtual remote desktops for corporate use need these virtualization software options. For everyday users like us, the biggest reason somebody may need this is I have a Mac, 
but I've got a compute, a program that is windows based that I have to use. Yeah. <clears throat> I've ran into so many people, Brian, that, um, in their home life, they want to use a Mac, but their office or their work that they do sometimes do work at home from requires a windows application of some sort. It used to be QuickBooks. Okay. That was our biggest thing years ago, Brian, as I, we use QuickBooks for all of our business accounting and, and, and financial management. Years ago, QuickBooks, to run on your computer, I, we could only run it on Windows. There was a Mac version, but it wasn't anywhere as good. The Windows version is what we had to use. So for the longest time, I had to use virtualization to run Windows on my Mac so I could use this one application, this one program. Now, it may be a little extreme to do all this for one program, but for some people, that's a critical need. And that may be a reason why they don't get back is because they need this access to this one program. Um, you can use virtualization on a Windows computer, too. If you have a Windows PC, you can run other operating systems like Linux and some variations of that in its own box on your computer. I will go ahead and tell you before anybody asks, though, there's not a good legitimate way to run a Mac on your Windows PC, okay? Um, there are some hack ways to do it. There are some ways to get under the hood and try to cobble together some instructions you can find online if you really want to try to run yeah. Mac on your Windows computer. But to do so is going to involve some, is cheating the right word? I mean, it's a little yeah. bit of cheating. You've got to do some hacking. you got to kind of trick your computer to think that it's a Mac computer, and that takes a little more involvement. Well, they call it a Hackintosh for reason, Hackintosh right? is the word for it. That's right. Yeah, it is possible, mm -hmm. but it's not something we're going to get into because not it is kind of getting deep into a lot of hacking territory that may or may not be um, looked <laughs> positively on by right. major corporations. But if you are on a Mac and you want to run Windows, you absolutely have options to do that. So what I thought, Brian, let me just take a few minutes. I'm going to explain showing more of what we're talking about, and then we can talk pros and cons of doing this as well. Okay. <clears throat> Sounds good. I'll be over here nodding off. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I like to believe that's just the medicine talking, but unfortunately, I think it's just it's just where you are. Mm, the medicine is kicking in, man. Kicking in. Um, I'm going to talk about the program Parallels. Now, yeah. Parallels is a program that, as you can see from the title, it says it pretty clearly, run Windows on Mac. That's about all you need to know about it. That is what this program is meant to do. It is an application you can purchase and own. And when you do, uh, you have the ability to install and run Windows on your Mac. And then you can simultaneously operate both Windows applications and Mac applications at the same time. Okay. Is, there are other apps that do this. Okay. VMware is one in particular I know of that, that a lot of people use. There's several others. I'm going to talk about parallels, but that's just because it's one example. You'd be looking for this virtual machine type of program. If you were to do a Google search for apps that will let you run Windows on Mac, you'll find several. But I guarantee you parallels will be near the top. And I've used it for a good 12, 14 years at least. Yeah. Quite a long time. Um, and the idea is that you download the app and it gives you a tool to then let you install Windows on your computer. Now, I need to go ahead and preface this. You still have to own a copy of Windows, a licensed version of the Windows operating system. 
to do this. Buying Parallels will not give you Windows. It will give you the ability to install Windows, but you still are going to have to have a license to install Windows yourself. Now it may guide you through where you can download Windows and start to set it up, but you're still going to have to work out whatever, however you're going to get a license for Windows 10 or whatever version of Windows you're going to install on your computer. All right. Now, once you've done that, let me uh, stop. I'm actually going to share my screen now. Make sure this is going to work correctly. I think it will. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to actually show you my window, and I'm going to actually share my desktop here because I think that's going to be a little more meaningful here to look at. Um, actually, let me do this. Let me share it over here. Sorry, this is a lot of moving around here, but hold tight. Okay, let me share this. So this is my Mac computer. Let me minimize this for a second. And you can see I am here on my Mac. I've got my Finder window. This is my Mac interface. But down here is where I have installed Parallels Desktop. And if I open up Parallels Desktop, you see inside a window on my Mac, it is now windows okay if i go into here let's hope i remembered my pen but <laughs> there we go oh yes um okay there we go now i am running windows inside of a window on my mac okay now this is uh postpone we'll do that later this is kind of weird. It kind of throws people off sometimes when you start working with it. So basically, this is a window on my Mac. I can move around this this Windows window. I can minimize it and do other work on my Mac, but then I can bring back up Windows and work within Windows. I want to open up Google Chrome on Windows. I can actually do that, and it will open up the application inside the Windows environment for me. Now, here's another great reason I'm bringing up this web browser that a lot of people will sometimes do a virtualization like this and have windows running on their Mac or, or other operating system. If you make websites or if you're wanting to see how something looks on another <laughs> computer, this is a great way to do it. I do this a lot of time with testing. If I have a website that looks great on my Mac, but I want to make sure it's going to look good on another browser, like a windows browser, I can fire it up here on this window and actually be able to see it in real time without having to go to a whole nother computer to do so. Um, but if I go, you know, here on Chrome, I and mean, this is now a Windows, uh, a Windows web browser, I'm viewing it within Windows, uh, just like I would be if I were at a actual Windows computer by itself. I can open up new tabs. I can do everything I can do on Windows. Uh, let me get rid of this. I have my start bar where if I have any applications installed, they're right there. I can get to just like I could before. Um, so it's great. It's sharing my internet connection. So I don't have to set up a separate internet connection for it. It's sharing my Mac internet connection. It's going to use my Mac speakers. It's going to use my Mac keyboard and mouse to interact with it. And as you can see, even my cursor here, I'm in the Windows environment. If I move my cursor over, it switched over to the Mac side. And vice versa. So it's really pretty slick. Now, Parallels does something really nice that actually makes this even more of a seamless experience is I can actually change this to view. Um, it's not let me do coherence. Why not? It has a mode called coherence for somebody that's not letting hmm. me turn to it right now. It could be the screen sharing, maybe. Yeah. It could be because I'm screen sharing. But what coherence does is it gets rid of this actual window of the de Windows desktop. 
And instead, it puts the items in your start bar and windows down in your dock along here in the bottom. So the idea being that it really kind of makes your windows and your Mac working together. You're down on your, your dock down here in the bottom of your Mac, and you can actually click and open up your list of Windows apps from there. And when you click on it, it will open it up, not inside a Windows window, but actually as its own window on your Mac desktop. So it seems a lot more seamless when that happens. It shows yeah. you Mac and Windows <laughs> apps running side by side. They've rolled out a lot of nice features with Parallels, just like with VMware and others, where you can share a folder on your computer between your Windows and your Mac operating system. So how that becomes really handy is if I'm in Windows and I want to save something, but I want to save it to a location on my Mac that I can find easy, I just save it to one of those shared folders. And then when I'm on my Mac side, there's the file that I saved and I can open up and work with. So you can really have files interchangeable between the two the two operating systems, which is really nice. But inside Windows, it does have its own file directory and folders. But on this particular version with Parallels, I've got it mapped to my Mac. So here, when it finishes loading up, you'll actually see that a lot of my Mac folders, like my home folder, my documents folder and all, are actually listed here in the Windows File Explorer. So I can easily open up and exchange files between the two environments. Yeah. It's super yeah. snappy too. This is probably a good time to explain some of the trade-offs with uh, virtualization, <laughs> as you're seeing right now. This is a normally, uh, abnormally slow right now. I'm not sure what's going on, actually. I just updated the version of uh, Parallels right before we started, which was probably not a good it's idea. It's probably re re-indexing everything, maybe. Could be. Um, as you can tell, uh, yeah, as, as you kind of uh, snarkily said, Brian, it is running slower. It is uh, not running super fast. It's not going to run super fast. It's not going to run as fast as a native Windows PC will because it's sharing resources between two different operating systems at this point, okay? Your Mac is still running in the background, so to run Windows on top, and Windows is running mostly driven by software and not tax making full use of all the hardware available to it. <clears throat> it is going to run slower, okay? So anybody thinking they can put Windows on their Mac and be playing high-end Windows gaming on their Mac, it's not going to work the way you expect. Um, if you're someone who needs uh, Windows to do uh, word processing, maybe some spreadsheet work, maybe some simple PowerPoints, web browsing or email, yeah, it'll work fine for that. But anything yeah. more, uh, um, anything more than that, you're going to be looking at a less than optimal experience for that. Um, I'm going to see what I can do to kind of get this. <clears throat> does Control-Alt-Delete work on the virtualization as well? Yes, it does. Yes, nice. it does. Nice. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You have actually all of the same, uh, you got all the same keyboard commands as you would. Oh, good. Yep. Yeah. Within Windows. So like truly when you're in Windows, it all the keyboard commands on Windows work right within that same, same spot. Yeah, this is, I'm going to have to kind of restart. <laughs> I got to restart Windows. I'm expecting a blue, blue screen of death any moment now. So, um, yeah, I'll restart this. So like right here, I'm actually restarting Windows. Uh, let's just, it's going to make me update. So yeah, this could not be the best demo to show. But as you can <laughs> see, it's restarting Windows right inside my Mac platform, yep. which is still kind of kind of cool if you're thinking about it here. Um, so again, I can resize this window. So if I just mm -hmm. want to have Windows kind of running over in a corner, I can do that. 
again, the benefits here are that if there's an application that is a Windows only application and I need access to it on a regular basis and I don't want to fire up another computer to do so, it's great to do it. If I want to test things, uh, if somebody's going to give me a file that's only a, a Windows formatted file and I need to be able to open it uh, quickly and easily, uh, virtualization is another way to do it. Yeah. Now, let me share one thing here as we talk about options. Uh, don't know if you're going to be able to see this op- this screen very well, Brian. Um, let me share just the, this window. Yeah, that'll probably be a little bit better to do. <clears throat> let me share this window. Yep, here we go. Okay, so now I'm sharing. This is a configuration screen, and the reason I'm showing this is because I want everybody to understand some of the trade-offs you deal with when you're using a virtual machine like this. Um, it is going to use its own hard drive space on your computer. So it actually has to have its own uh, file, large file on your computer to take up the whole Windows installation and everything inside. So right now I've got like 36 gigabytes set aside for this Windows installation. There's a lot of space for basically one file, but it's the whole Windows environment and all the stuff inside of it stored in there. But when you look at some of your hardware options, let's see, you have optimization options. And it's going to be asking you how many resource, how much resources out of your Mac do you want it to use to run Windows? And this is important because what it's basically saying is, look, when it runs Windows on your computer, it's going to take up a lot of your processing time and power. Do you want, would you rather Windows to run slower so that your Mac runs as efficiently as possible? Or are you okay giving Windows as much as it can take resources wise, even if it means your Mac is going to get really slow? Yeah. It's going to be a trade-off. So I don't recommend you know just having Windows open all the time on your Mac if you do this, uh, if there's not really a need to, because it is going to tie up a lot of your Mac resources and make it slower. Um, but if uh, you know if the stuff you're doing on Windows is not mission critical and you don't mind if it runs a little slower, I'd keep as much of the resources to your Mac as possible and let Windows take just the bare minimum it needs to do what it's doing. But these are things you're going to have to kind of pay attention to because not only is it going to take up room on your hard drive, it's also going to take up your your memory and your speed and everything else from your Mac if you try to run this. Yeah. Another reason why you don't want to do high-end gaming or any kind of real graphic intensive things on Windows in a virtualization machine. So, But I'll say besides all that, Brian, Parallels has done a wonderful job of giving you a lot of options to really customize the experience. Again, here's all the sharing options I can share. Say I want to share my home folder between my Windows and Mac operating systems so I can easily move files between them or share the same folders. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's gotten really, really good. It even turns on a picture-in-picture mode that you can use between Windows, running it in a little transparent window on your Mac, which is kind of nice to see as well. So <clears> it's, um, uh, it's it, Parallels keeps getting better. Virtualization keeps getting better. Believe me, I did this years ago, and it was a bear to run Windows to start it up on your Mac. I had to wait for a really long time. I used it as rarely as I could. Nowadays, I'm more likely to want to fire it up because it, other than that demo I just showed you a second ago, it typically runs really, really good. I uh, don't know why that was running the way it did. Um, 
Well, I'll say from someone who I haven't used parallels or any sort of virtualization probably in 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I when I f- first took my uh, my job where I am now, I had a <clears throat> I had parallels running because in a in a university environment, especially a, a science environment, most lab machines are going mm-hmm. to require uh, PC PC yeah. software. So I was coming in as a Mac person, but needing to run a lot of laboratory machines that only require or only would uh, work with the PC. And a lot of those are not very intensive in terms of the software. It's pretty simple software, but it had to interface with, you know, USB uh, devices and things like that. So Parallels did a great job. Of course, you know, I don't think you've talked about, but the the history of it with, you know, that was back when we were using bootcamp as well, where we could actually mm-hmm. boot up your, your computer as a PC divide your part, you know, partition your your hard drive out and, and do things like that, which was great. Worked super well, uh, pretty slick, but the virtualization seems as though it's got a ton better. You know, at the well, time it was pretty, it was pretty clunky, but it, it was great because it was the only the only uh, game in town, right? I'm glad you mentioned but, the boot camp because that is a good distinction. Somebody's going to ask, I'm sure, what about Apple's boot camp program? Okay, so boot camp was a tool that Apple made available and it's still available to Intel Macs. So it's not available for their newer M1 Macs. But you could install their bootcamp application. And like you said, it would take your hard drive and carve a part of it out to be your Windows boot up partition. Then you would, when you start up your computer, you could choose, do you want to start it in the Mac partition or in the Windows partition? You go to the Windows partition, you can install Windows on there and run it like a true Windows PC. The benefit for that was you could run some games and high-end things on that because it's using your full Mac processor and speed. It's not trying to run Mac at the same time. It's truly booting only as a Windows PC on your computer. The downside was, is that if you wanted to do something in Windows, you had to shut down your machine and reboot it in that other partition. You could not run them simultaneously. So for a long time, there was a decision of, do I use virtualization like parallels to run them at the same time? even though it's not going to be an optimized Windows experience? Or am I okay restarting my computer and flip-flopping between the two whenever I need to? I used Bootcamp for a while. I thought that was what I wanted, and it turned out that just wasn't the way I needed to work. I needed to have Windows quicker, easier at my access if I needed to open something. So I got rid of Bootcamp and just went to Parallels. Now Bootcamp is not available on the M1 Max at all anyway. So... Uh, yeah. If you want to run Windows on your newer Macs, for sure, virtualization is really the only way to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> well, boot camp was, you know, for the university that I, um, where I work, that was what they went to where they could buy a bunch of Macs and every Macintosh you, you came up to across campus, when you walked up to it, it gave you the two icons. Do you want to use it as a Mac or you want to use it a PC? And it was fantastic. Yeah, it was great. Every well, student kind of decided they want to use a PC yeah. or a Mac. Um, but as you said, we went away from it uh, from a lot of different reasons. The up, you know, you basically were updating two licenses on every computer, which was a problem, right? You're yeah. paying for both of those mm-hmm. and uh, and having to update both of those, and you had to have a PC person and a Mac person. Um, so now it, it we've kind of gone away from that. Plus, you can't do it with the new Macs, but. Um, so, you know, it is a, it is a nice thing. I love the idea of virtualization. I would, uh, Alan, I don't want to necessarily go into it, but I think maybe the next step in this is going to be the cloud computing versions of that, where, you know, you Mm -hmm. can, 
jump on a, a web page in Chrome and be jumped into a PC environment, be able to do everything through a cloud computing environment and still drag those things down. I know there's a bunch uh, or a ver several versions of those that are out now. I get a little nervous about any time that you're uh, looking out and trying to run a, a device, your private device elsewhere mm -hmm. uh, in, the, in a cloud. But I think that's the way things are going to go. Yeah, I agree. All right. Yeah, so I what do we got here? Well, I just I, I did get Windows rebooted on my in my virtualization. Uh, one thing I realized is that on my Mac, I have all my desktop items hidden right now. So oh, yes, yes, yes. But Windows sees them all. So you see all my desktop <laughs> items are now on my desktop. But as you can see, I'm operating this like a Windows PC. I have all of my folders here I can go through. Uh, if you're a OneDrive user, I mean, I've got access to that. I can see my network here from um, from this computer. So it truly is acting like a actual Windows PC, which is pretty amazing. But and, that's all looking at your Mac. That's uh, right. I've got this shared. If I look over here, it's actually showing me this is my local hard drive. And but down here is my home on my Mac. So I can actually pull mm -hmm. up everything that's on my Mac from right here in Windows because I've got them mapped together. All right. <clears throat> so yeah, it's pretty cool. And it's a nice little setup. So there, if I had a file on my Windows or on my Mac side, I want to open up in Windows, I could open it up from within here. And vice versa, if I share a Windows file in one of my Mac folders, when I go back on my Mac side, it's there and I'm ready to use it. So you really can share between them, which is great. So again, it just all works like a standard Windows uh, application or Windows operating system. Here's the, uh, what is that? The Microsoft Edge browser, which is their new web browser or newest one. And uh, works pretty well. I mean, it comes up okay. It's definitely not as fast as a standalone PC would be, but it comes up uh, pretty decent, good enough to be able to use for the kind of the purposes we're showing here today. Nice. So again, uh, I still think it's pretty amazing technology. And again, I love the fact that it's available. Um, it's not for everybody. I realize there may not be any need for it. And I'd say that the needs are getting fewer and fewer every year because now we're to a world where, you know, so many of our applications are web-based or things are cross-platform already natively through the web, web or internet, that virtualization is a lot less important. I open up Windows a lot less than I used to on my Mac. Right. But I think it's important for people to know that you can still do it. And especially if you are facing a situation <clears> where you need it, uh, it's there. And that's a great way to do it. Now, Parallel's a little pricey. I think it's like. Uh, it's $80 for 80 a standard, yeah. standard license or $100 a year for the pro yeah. kind of version. I don't you're getting a number of things, but I don't need bucks. the pro version. I use the 80 standard. bucks for home. And yeah, 80 bucks for apps these days, a little on the high side. But and you still have to get a, a license for Windows, which I think is Windows yeah. 10. It's not free yet. You still have to buy a license. No, right? I think you still have to buy it. Yeah, I'm not. If you're looking at the price of Parallels and the price of a Windows, uh, but you know, if you're somebody who needed access to Windows, it's a lot cheaper than buying a Windows PC uh, for sure. So that's kind of your options. Uh, you know, Parallels is a great software product for it, but also VMware is another one yeah. that does basically the same thing. Um, Parallels, I do think, does a lot more with features and options that you can really customize and get a really nice experience with it. Uh, but that's uh, that's virtualization. That's how it works on the Mac. That's uh, the pros and cons of it. 
It will take up a lot of hard drive space on your computer. It will take up a lot of resources when it's running on your computer. Um, but otherwise, if there's a need for it, uh, the yeah. tools are there to do it. And I think it's a worthwhile thing to try out. Yeah. So, I mean, an example would be if you're someone who's a PC user who potentially wants, has been wanting to move to the Mac environment, but has already spent a lot of money on some software that you use on the, the PC side, this could be a way of saying, well, I've jumped to a Mac spend $80 to at least be able to stay, take my software with me, right? As long as you've got that license that you can carry over. Um, it might be a, a well, you know, a, a good trade if you're kind of struggling staying with the same environment because of that. Um, There's a, uh, a program I know for a good while. I don't, I don't even know if it's still around or not, but Microsoft used to have it have its page layout program was publisher, Microsoft mm-hmm. publisher. And I would get constantly people sending me files that were Microsoft publisher files because that's what they designed a brochure in or a flyer or something. And Mac doesn't have Microsoft publisher. There's just no way to, to get to it. And uh, so that's where something like this came in really great. I had Microsoft publisher installed on my windows virtual machine. And the once in a while that they send me a file like that, I can just open it right within parallels and use it, work with it. And then I could save it out into a format that then maybe I could work on my Mac on or something else. And uh, it's a lifesaver in those situations because I needed to get access to it, but I couldn't give them instructions on what to do to try to get it in a different format to me. So um, when those situations come up, having this $80 tool at your fingertips, ready to fire up and go is, is pretty nice. Yeah, it's good. Slick. So that's virtualization. Again, I know it's not for everybody, but if it's something where you've maybe maybe been hesitant about moving full in on the Mac because of some uh, reliance on a Windows application, maybe this is a way to fix that. Or maybe you're a longtime Mac user that's always wanted to work with a certain Windows app that you needed and could never do it before. Yeah, there is a way to do it. So I uh, hope that yep. helps. Yeah. Yep. Well, Brian, uh, You've been nice and fairly quiet all episodes. So thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, I no, I, roll. Um, it was great. I mean, I didn't listen to half of it, but from what yeah. I did listen to, it was actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Surprising. Yeah. <laughs> so you basically listened to like the last two minutes and the first two minutes or so. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. What'd you um, say? Well, <clears throat> well, Brian, if somebody did want to talk to me about <laughs> this topic, um, then how would well, they go about talking to either of us, I guess, really, about so the topic or anything else? Yeah, they could send us an email and uh, tell Alan, you know, how much you enjoyed his uh, his overview there uh, at info at the mesh.tv, <clears throat> info at the mesh.tv. And, you know, most importantly, tell us about topics that you're interested in hearing about in the future. We're always looking for, you know, what our next topics are going to be, what might be most useful for people. So let us know. You can also find us on the web at www.brothers-n-tech.com. And that's where you can find previous episodes as well as um, information about, uh, you know, picks that we're going to have in the future and ways in which you can contact us through the web as well. So, uh, so yeah, reach out to us. Let us know what you'd love us to get into next um, since Alan and I are going to be talking anyway, you might as well tell us what you want us to talk yeah. about. That's a good way of looking yeah. at it. <laughs> Brian and I are going to talk on a weekly okay, basis about, about technology, yeah. whether a camera or a microphone is recording us. If you'd like to join in with us, drop us a note, or we, we'd love to entertain your question or talk about whatever inter- area of interest you may have interest in talking about in a future episode. We're going to be here anyway. So That's right. Yep. 
see how you can give us something interesting to talk about. So sure. That's great. All right. That's good. All right. Well, thanks a lot for everybody for watching or listening to brothers in tech this week. We'll be back soon with another episode next week. Another topic for discussion coming up in a couple more episodes. We'll also do another brothers in tech suggestions episode where we get some picks and uh, recommendations of gadgets or apps or tools that we are starting to use that we think you might be interested in wanting to use as well. So until then, thanks everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.